Hey everyone, Shungaku here. This is Rogue Players, a actual play podcast where I and several of the members of Relics of War, as well as a friend of ours from the Guild Wars Reporter, uh, join together and we play through an adv- two adventures in the Guild Wars universe set eh, a little bit after the death of Zaitan, so the end of Guild Wars to the Road to Or, which was the first story arc. And it is set with people from Relics of War going on an adventure to find an object deep beneath the Straits of Malkor. It is using a custom rule set that I developed and is definitely still a little bit rough as far as needing to be worked on. So there will be a lot of rules in here. We had at one point an actual rules podcast where we talked about the rules, but the rules have changed enough that that is actually no longer a thing. So some of the rules that you will be experiencing here will be old, but I think that the game is fun to listen to and that we have quite a few good jokes and humor and a lot of things that are going to be entertaining and worth your time to listen to. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start the first episode of Role Players, titled Relics of War and the Deep. I guess uh, now is the time for everyone to get into character. Yep. yep. Close your eyes. So, uh, start screaming. I'm just going to do some no. vocalization. Ich sag gut und ihr sagt was? Gut. Boss, good boss. That makes sense. I like that. <laughs> good job. Watch a. I didn't watch know a that he was German. A German norn. Yes. Say, watch a lot of techno Viking. We <laughs> <laughs> are going to do scene one. Before that. Uh, one thing that uh, people were very excited to do during the uh, episode zero was introduce their characters. So that's what we're going to do really quick. And we are going to start with our first character, Kate. Go ahead. Tell us about uh, Hubert really quick. All right. Well, Hubert is a Tengu. He looks like a great horned owl. Uh, he's got giant yellow eyes and he will stare straight through your soul. Uh, as a Tengu, he is from the Dominion of Winds, but he was kicked out for his uh, compulsion to make really, really awful bird puns at the worst moments. Uh, so since he's left the Dominion of Winds, he's been out in the world with circus performers and traveling around as a quote-unquote strong man, because he's not actually strong. Uh, he just puffs up his feathers and looks intimidating and lifts fake weights, and uses illusions to uh, make his way around. All right, Christian, go ahead and introduce your character. My character is an average-sized Norn. He's bald and clean-shaven, which makes it a little unusual, and his name is Nima the Loud. Very nice. He has lived an average Norn life, with a few remarkable moments to uh, tell people about on his journeys. Uh, one time, he killed a champion ram in Timberline Falls by shouting at it. He was drunk at the time. Maybe the ram was too. Nice. He tends to have a penchant for shouting at problems until they go away, which means that he's proven to be a fairly effective paragon. Oh, awesome. There we go. Is that Nima's backstory? That's what I have so far. Awesome. Well, he's going to get some more today, and you are going to absolutely love uh, this one of the things that I did before we started the game is I had everyone give me a instinct for the character, a short term goal, long term goal, and a secret. Nima's secret is awesome. I love it a lot, and I'm gonna have so much fun with it. Evie, why don't you tell us about your character? Well, Evinus or Evie, as some people may call him, that he is close to, uh, grew up in the far northern Shiver Peaks. Well. Let's not say grew up, because he was a child when uh, Big Bad Old Jormag decided to just form the ice apocalypse and cause Norn to flee. His father actually died in the process of helping other Norn refugees flee south. Uh, 
because of this, Evie has his father's rifle, which he is incredibly attached to and very determined to make it better in every single way possible. Thus his slight background as an engineer. Uh, after he fled south with his mother, Great Alliance Arch, after it was rebuilt, his mother being a mesmer and quite apt at social situations, uh, ended up becoming an agent for the Order of Whispers, which is where Evie spent most of his formative professional training years. Uh, this is where his background as an assassin comes from, which is a bit more dominant than his uh, tinkery engineer side. Um, throughout his childhood and his professional training, Evie has found it very difficult to deal with any sort of connection with the mist. He's never been able to make connection with any of the great wild spirits of the Norn or even most of the minor ones except for Hawk, which doesn't really get as much attention as it deserves. Other than that, because of his background in the Order of Whispers, Evie, despite being Norn, knows how to hold a conversation, at least to get what he wants. Nice. All right, Rabin, why don't you tell us about your character? My character is a Kodan named Islim Longtreader. That is obviously his name after he left his uh, sanctuary, which he, um, I don't want to say fled, but he left it before the rise of Jormag, before Jormag woke up. Um, he's on a journey of sorts that he doesn't like to talk about when he's around other Kodan and still keeps it pretty uh, close to the chest um, when he's around the other races. He's learned to integrate well with the Norn. Um, he's fairly wary of the other races. Spent a lot of time in Holbrek area. Um, his backgrounds when he was at the Sanctuary allow him, um, you know, he was a hunter, um, so he can swim and stuff. Um, and he, as Kodan culture, is very strong with uh, religion. So he has religion knowledge, and he's been very interested in learning about the religions of the other species across Tyria on his journey. Awesome. Um, he's recently made it to uh, a Lion's Arch area, I believe, and um, he's found that his uh, his ancestral training in uh, the uh, arts of uh, elements has allowed him to focus the spell to stay cooler um, so he doesn't overheat in the warmer climates. Very cool. All right. And Alona, why don't you tell us about your character? My character, first of all, my husband is playing Team Fortress 2 in the background, so you may hear some tickety-ticketing. My character is human from Divinity's Reach, but lives mostly in Lion's Arch, halfway between, you know, splits time between the two. His name is Alam Horan, and he is a Mesmer. He is of Alonian descent, and being a mesmer does run in his family. He likes the ladies, but will talk to almost anyone. He went to Lion's Arch because of the variety of people that live there. And he can interact with as many people as possible. And he's very pretty and capitalizes on that. Very nice. All right, good. So... Through various things, the time setting for this is uh, actually before post. Zaitan has been defeated by the Pact. There is a great deal of excitement in Tyria. There's been a lot of success. They've finally defeated an Elder Dragon that was threatening Lion's Arch, uh, and most of season uh, season one of the Living Story has not started yet at this time. So, for those of you who are familiar with Guild Wars Two lore, that means no Scarlet has happened. We haven't had Heart of Thorns yet. This is a time where people are very excited. They've defeated a dragon. They are successful. Life is really good right now. It is some of the most excitement that has happened that has been in Tyria for a long time, especially for the five uh, iconic races. But even the Kodan and other races are beginning to sort of get a feel of, hey, maybe we'll actually survive this cycle of, of destruction. And as a result, a lot of people have started to go out and explore the Strait of Malkor. And as a result, on top of that, Strait of Malkor, other dangers have begun to show up. The Krait have begun to take over greater portions of it as they are no longer being held back by the uh, Zaitan's Risen. And so groups of mercenaries are hired to go out and clear out the deeps fairly often in the Straits of, uh, in the, in the Strait of Malkor. And in this case, 
a group has been hired to go and recover a item from a deep, as well as, if possible, fight off the crate and uh, and get this item. It's actually just to recover the item primarily from the deep. It's a fairly strong, well-guarded deep. And as we see in the middle of the day, the sun's beating down and there is a ship under attack by crate nearby where the crate deep erupts from the surface of the water, just ramshackle hunks of ships and timbers scattered amount. And the ship amongst, and the ship is covered in the gunpowder, the, from fired cannons. There's the sounds of battles on the battle on the ship. And from the center of the deep, we see five people emerge from the water and clamber onto the, onto one of the platforms of the deep. That is you guys. You are carrying an item in a, somehow. How are you guys, you have recovered an item from the deep. How are you guys doing? And what are you carrying? Or actually, I know what you're carrying. It's a cold to the touch scale with some strange carvings on it. How are you guys, how are you guys hauling it? How big is it? Yeah, how heavy is it? It is uh, actually quite large. It's probably about the it's about the size of a dinner plate. So for a scale, it's a very large scale. Uh, Hubert rips off his shirt and wraps it around the, the scale. All right, and so I think the strong man should be carrying it. You just can saying. have it. Hubert just needs to rip off his shirt. We might I need to determine who the strong man is. <laughs> well, Hubert looks pretty strong. He can handle it. Uh, Hubert puffs up his feathers. I put on my really nice gloves so that I don't have to touch anything. All right. So who's carrying this? Who's going to carry the scale then? Hubert? I, okay. Yes, Hubert will, of course. Yeah, so Hubert's got the scale. All right. So what we're going to do is, since combat encounters can take a little while, we're going to do something a little bit different. Can you guys all see the uh, video that I have for this? Yes. Where I have, like, mm -hmm. the dice set out in a very odd way? Yes. Okay. So, what we're going to do is a task check challenge. What that is, or a ch task encounter, uh, what that is, is you're going to use your backgrounds, which includes your professions, and you're going to attempt to get from the deep to the ship. The crate are attacking the ship. They are also following you from the deep, and they do not want you to take this scale that you have stolen to the ship so that you can make your escape. So, you guys are going to have to get to the ship, and to do that, you will roll a series of checks. So what you'll do is you'll say, I would like to do this action. Maybe I would like to swim really fast, or I would like to cast a spell that slows down the crate that are chasing us. And then I will, then we'll figure out which, uh, which attribute you're going to roll and which background you're going to roll. And then you will do a roll. And the difficulty for all of these checks right now is two. It's a very simple task challenge because you got back up on the ship and a few other reasons. Uh, if you succeed at your role, you will gain a success. You need 10 successes to succeed at the encounter. I'm giving you guys a lot more information than I will in the future. Um, in future s challenges, you will not know how many successes you need, nor will you know the actual role that you're going for to succeed the difficulty. Failures will result in a failure counter going up. When the failure counter it's its max, which is another 10, actually. Uh, something else will happen, and you will have to deal with the consequences of your failure. So one of the rules is you cannot use the same background in a row, and you cannot use a background with the same focus type as the person right before you used. So if someone used a profession background before you, you can't use a profession. You have to figure out how to use a social or a survival or one of your other backgrounds to make this work. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to grab a deck of cards, and that is how we're going to do initiative. And I will tell you what your card is. Assuming I have a deck I of cards. I just clicked. We've done. You, Eric. What? I just clicked what you've done in terms of the situation we're in, and I hate you. <laughs> yes, I know, right? <laughs> so the great thing about that, Christian, is you, I had this picked long before you gave me your secret. <laughs> and when you gave awesome. me your secret, I cackled maniacally. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Wait. So we're pretty much gonna know what his secret is. Oh, you'll in those probably figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, where are my cards? This is why I need to find my cards. Okay, that's okay. All right. We could use roll twenty for initiative. Let's just, just do that. Everyone, roll a d twenty, and we will put that as our initiative order. Wow, this is getting better and better for Nima. Why did mine go in there twice? That's weird. Take my first one, not my second one. I obviously did something dumb. Wait, I think where's I accidentally closed Kate? it, but I rolled a five on the d20 I have in front of me. I'm reopening it. Okay. I think I just lost it in tabs. <laughs> there you are. All right. So, first up then is Alona. How would you like to, what would you like to do? As far as, or specifically, actually, not Alona, but in this case, is Alum. Alum is, is the first. He is now, he's the first to act now that you've made it to this platform above on the deep. Uh, how are you going to help your group get to the ship? I was wondering if the crate are talking and if I understand what they're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh. Yeah, go ahead and use your linguistics and see. They are uh, they are hissing at each other. Several of them are coming down from the upper parts of the deep, and so you can hear them. I like yeah. that. Yeah, so I'd like to know if they might give us, like, oh, hopefully they don't go this way. There's a weakness there or something. All right, go for it. Yep, All go right, ahead so and... I would roll... How would I do so, this then? Okay, so in that case, you're trying... You're going to have to check um, either attentiveness or perception. I'll let you pick which one and then apply your uh, linguistics. So basically, what I will you would go with roll... perception. Okay, so you'll take perception. You'll take your perception score. Add the additional dice from your uh, from your linguistics, and then so you'd probably be. What's your uh, perception score? Oh, ignore that d6 there because I was just selecting the right dice. Uh, perception score is three. Okay, so you have that. You'll add the plus one to linguistics, and then you will roll four d6s, and you need to be a two. So I'd add the plus one in the advanced roll area? Would that work? Yes. Um, well, actually, what you... It's, plus oh, one it's adds an additional a die, correct. Die. So you would roll four d6s. So instead of it being a plus one oh, to gotcha. the result, it's a it's an additional die. It's an additional chance of success. Oh, that's terrible. All right. Well, the good news is, is that you got two fours on that. So you had two fours, you had a two and a one. The two fours count as three successes because they're a double which means that you beat it two, because you have to actually beat the two in order to succeed, because success goes to the defender. So you guys have one success. Yay! Thank you for it. And no failures. Good job. All right, so that was a uh, knowledge skill. Very cool. Okay, then next we have... Let's see, we've got Alum. Then next we have Evie. Is, wouldn't it be spirit? Uh, did you roll 13? I thought you rolled a 5. I was oh, late coming in, so I just threw in a dice roll, because I didn't know if you heard when I said I rolled a five on my physical one. I'm going to keep your five. Okay, that's fine. Was there a result to um, Alum's... You... Okay. Perception oh, hearing. Yes. I should probably actually add the what actually happened there. So, he's listening, and he hears how they're coordinating, and sort of how they're going to try and head you guys off. And so... They're going to try and swim around it from a specific direction, which is sort of how they've set up their defenses, and try and cut you off. But Alum knows, so he tells you guys, okay, instead of going to the right towards the ship, you need to go to the left and head towards the ship that way. And that'll give you more time now, to avoid them. I don't know if I missed this, but are we standing on planks on the deep and there's water between us and the ship? We need to swim Correct. to get there, or the is ship, there a pathway? You okay. actually will have to swim to the ship. Okay. Which is one reason why I and was... And we've heard that the right is where they're coordinating. Yes, and they're to coming to your, right. from your right. So, how far away is this the ship? The ship is... Uh, it's uh, probably about... Actually, about, uh, about a thousand feet. It's about a football field away. It's going to take a little while to swim. Especially with armor and everything on. Okay. What's between us and the ship? Like, is it's it just, just water? One. Okay, and the deep... Like, how many crate are you chasing us? You have about us? 40 crate coming up from below, and about 15 coming down above, from above. How structurally sound is above us? Um, 
How did you roll an engineering success uh, check to see that? I mean, you can check. You can basically see what you think from an engineering standpoint. Could, and could I just use perception uh, to do yeah, that? See if there's any weak points, but you could use um, use perception to add your engineering yeah. background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, so add your engineering now this, background. I imagine this is another thing that's going to not be happening in the future, where right now, if oh, I'm going to use my perception, the GM might not say, oh, use your engineering too. He's going to let you decide what to do because it's going to change the outcome. So, yeah. Well, I would do perception with engineering to see, and that will be your skill. And that oh. will be how you can contribute. Okay, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, that's a rough one. So uh, for those of you listening, that was a critical failure. Um, as far as you can tell, this is the most structurally sound deep you have ever seen. There is no way it's coming down. And if anyone ever suggested that it was, you are going to call them a fool and be very dismissive of them in the future. It is... <laughs> this entirely wooden, like rickety structure. And I'm just like, nah, yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> way to bring this down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not happening. You are, you're definitely not. And in fact, if anyone else tries to like convince you of that, then uh, you are not going to believe them at all. All right, so that would be our first failure. Uh, in the future, crit fails, which you did roll double ones, will actually add two failures. In this case, it's just going to add one because I am merciful. All right. Next up is Rabin. So we have now used a uh, knowledge skill and a profession and a uh, profession skill, Rabin. So you can use a knowledge skill. So the only one that you can't use is a profession skill at this point, or profession background. How would you? Does that mean? Does that mean I can't use my strength or you not? You can't use your warrior, warrior but uh, you could figure out how your other ones can uh, contribute to this encounter. Hmm. You can't use your warrior or your elementalist. That is the interesting mechanic of a task challenge, is that uh, it makes you have to diversify and come up with clever ways of dealing with scenarios. Because otherwise, then everyone would just be like, Okay, how far away anything. are the crate? How far away are the crate that are to our right that are going to be organizing against us? They are, from what you can tell, they're probably about a minute away or so. They're coming from way deep. And how many are there? About 20 or 30 or so. 20 or 30 over that way. Were, oh, man. You were uh, swimming away. Okay, good. so what what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump into the water and put myself between them and the team, and I'm going to tell our Norn friend, uh, what's his name? Which, Which one? one? Which one? Which one? Uh, the drunk Norn. Nemo. Nemo. I'm going to ask Nemo to help me out if I get in a uh, in a in a uh, if they overcome me, but I think I'm going to be able to outswim them since I can swim, and I've done that in my whole life. Okay. But they are great. Oh man. I'm doing right, it anyway. So, which uh, which uh, attribute are you gonna roll? Your survival one. Survival. So, okay. yep. So go ahead, and I would uh, let you use either coordination or strength for swimming. I'm gonna go with strength because that gives me three okay. d eight. And then add your advantage die. So I have four d eight. Right to get two successes. Ooh! Oh, holy smokes! Yeah, you got two successes. So uh, you get down there, and your swimming is so good that uh, the crate are thoroughly impressed by it and uh, are somewhat intimidated, in fact. They slow down. They slow down. So you, you just bought your team some time. All right. Man, I am gesturing and swinging that hammer, and it's not even slowing me down. All right, Hubert, what are you going to do? How are you going to help out? Oh, shoot. It is her. Uh, I thought I was going last, so I was planning to go last. Okay, uh... Nope, Nima rolled a two, okay. which is very appropriate. <laughs> okay, um, can I, how much can I achieve in a in a turn? You can get one success. You have to get ten total successes. You currently have two. So you definitely won't get everyone to the ship in a turn. Okay, but, uh, but can I, like, can I, like, look for a thing and then convey my plan and then begin to enact the plan? Or, like, how much can I achieve? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, tell me what you're thinking of doing and we'll, uh, we'll see. Okay, Hubert would like to find a floating piece of something and put everyone on it and uh, kick a lot and have the Kodan uh, make a pseudo motorboat over to the ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so what I would do is I would let you use, you can do a straight attribute. But remember, you can't well. break anything off this thing because it's so yeah, yeah, stable. Was, well, yeah, that was the first thing <laughs> I needed to do is I need to seem. check for things that float before I can enact that plan, I guess, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So what I what you can do is if you don't have a background that really applies very well to the scenario and or your profession doesn't help or anything like that, you can do just a straight attribute. That counts as doing an attribute check and so you can only do, you know, one attribute check in a row in a row, but uh, you could just do a straight attribute check of either perception of it or attentiveness or uh, do you have something that you're a mesmer or your uh, let's see, you're a mesmer. Uh, your secondary again, assassin, circus performer. Oh yeah, no, I'm a circus performer. A circus um, performer, my favorite profession. Just drop a portal, teleport, and then drop another portal. That's definitely a viable thing to see if you can do to drop in a portal effectively. If you wanted to do that, um, you could you could definitely do like a uh, perception or attentiveness. And then combine, uh, eh, there's not really a good background that you've got that would help with that. But you could look and see if there's like some debris that's floating that's yeah. detached from everything. Yeah, I want to go for the debris, so I'm going to do a perception okay. check. All right, so that's a straight right. attribute or check then. Perception or attention, yeah. I'm going to do perception because that's what I've got. All right, roll it. Okay, so that's a four, which is a success, and you get to roll it again. And you get to roll it again. Roll it again. Okay, so that's two successes. Uh, which you needed two or more. So, so I said that you needed, well, no, I said it to two successes. I'm going to give you the success in this case. This is how I make rules, guys. Because <laughs> um, I think it's going to be really hard for you guys to get actually three cons- three successes consistently uh, with your numbers, which is good because that means that things are hard. Okay, so there you go. You got your two successes that you needed, and uh, you found... Something that as you're just standing there, everyone's standing there, you sort of walk over to something and poke it. And it just, it's this beautiful board that just flops down in the water. Everyone can stand on it. It's very thick. It just falls right off of the deep. Nothing structural though. So, so Evie's okay with it. He's like, <laughs> Still oh, found. you didn't, that's, that makes sense. That thing was just window dressing. See, he just noticed that mithril pillar <laughs> that's right through the center of it yeah, going all yeah, the way. The mithril up. that they just, yeah. There's so much mithril now after people farming ore after killing Zaitan that they the the crate were able to buy it really cheap off the trading post in uh in Lion's Arch and they just have mithril pillars everywhere. It's, it's horrific. Um yeah, so yeah, you knock that thing off and uh you now have a semi-effective boat. So, Nima, what would you like to do? Nima's uh looking kind of concerned about the whole predicament that they're in. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, he's not too, none too pleased about it. Uh, he turns to Eviness and says, uh, well, clearly you're full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, uh, looks towards Islam in the water and says, sorry, you're on your own. There's no way I'm coming down oh, there. No. Nice. Uh, turns to Hoover and is like, thank goodness you saw this plank right here. Jumps onto it. And I would like to, uh, before I jump on. I would like to try and tear some planks off the platform that we can use as, like, paddles. Okay. So I'm going to roll uh, my strength and add uh, Mountain Man. All right. Nice. Looking for... Okay. I will accept that. That's a good... Uh, yeah, you're used to finding things to improvise with as a Mountain Man. One... Well, you know, if you're drunk and you're beside a homestead and you need a weapon, you just tear some planks off. So it, right? this is an interesting thing that comes into effect. I've, we've talked about advantage but we haven't talked about disadvantage disadvantage occurs when you are in a scenario that causes you to be disadvantaged or to have some sort of negative effect and it's going to make it harder for you to act effectively so in this case christian i'm going to rule based on what we know about nema that he has one degree of disadvantage so that is going to negate uh your a disadvantage basically removes one die from your dice pool. So advantage will add one die. Okay. Disadvantage ne- removes one. So in this case, you're basically at a wash. So you'll just be rolling your attributes. Well, I've got a... Right, the rank two in survival doesn't give me a bonus two dice. It gives me bonus one. Correct. Dice. Is that correct? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good job. It's a double O. I just snuck through yep, there. But it's, du- it's double, so you got three. So you... As you jump off, you rip two more things off, which Venus once again says, yep, just more window dressing. There's like a creaking <laughs> sound in one spot where like you can see it sag, but Evie is very confident that this thing is structurally sound. 
Uh, and you, uh, who do you pass one of your paddles to? You have two. Uh, I'm clinging to both of them. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. All right. Very cool. Okay. That takes us back to the top of the order. Uh, so if we were playing with, with a deck of cards, what I would do is at the end of every, uh, cycle of characters, we would actually redeal out the cards and, uh, you, your order would change. But in this case, we're just going to keep cycling since uh, Alona is also on a type time uh, limit. So, Alem, Alona again, you are back up. What would you like to do? You, the last time you used a knowledge, and mm-hmm. you and and Christian just used uh, Nima just used a survival. So you can't use either of those. But <laughs> but it looks like we're clearly on our way somewhere. Assuming tell, Nima tell the le- plan. Yep. What are you going to do? Nima is clutching to those boards for dear life as he's paddling. I am going to try to convince Islam to uh, hand off one of those paddles. All right. Then that's uh, so okay. One to Nima. Okay. So you are you going? So you're going to mm-hmm. use your uh, your social skill. Yes. Oh, and I changed it to social butterfly just so it's a little more across the board. Nice. Get it, butterfly, Ag- mesmer. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> so nice. I'm going to just like you. We'll be able to paddle faster with two arms per paddle. <laughs> and since you don't have four anyway? arms, hand the one over. Is there a way that it- you can res- Nemo can somehow resist? What's your willpower, Nemo? I've got two, a d4. Okay, so it's still a two to uh, succeed. Because right now, Nima's got one board in each hand, because he's reasonably large as a norn, and he's, like, just double paddling on (laughs) each side by himself. So this would be Charisma and my Social Butterfly, right? Correct. All right, so that is 6d6. 6d6. What's What's your Charisma? Four. Okay, and then you have a rank oh, wow. one in Social Butterfly. Or you have two, two points in. But those two points, the first point actually gives you advantage. The second point just gives you the talent. Oh, okay, right. Alrighty, so five. Alright, yep. So it's still 5d6. That's That should be pretty good. <laughs> Very nice. Go ahead and reroll that six, just because I love exploding dice, and they always need to be rerolled. There we go. Meh. Yeah, that's okay. You got three successes. You, uh, as you say that, uh, Nima, you actually are feeling a little bit more calm. This person is clearly knows what they're doing. And, uh, you know, this situation is terrible, but it's not as terrible as it was, was. So not only do you, uh, do you succeed, but, uh, your disadvantage is negated for a turn. Ooh. Um, I look at, uh, Alum and say, you speak sense, but you're weak. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So I turn to uh, Eviness and hand him the paddle. I didn't want the paddle. I just <laughs> wanted someone who could use the paddle to have it. All right, Evie, you are now holding a paddle. What do you do? And you are on a boat thing-ish. I, I, I just look at this paddle in my hands. I was like, uh, uh, I'm not built like <laughs> you. Why did you hand this to me? <laughs> Because he might be a Norn, but he is a very lithe Norn. He focused on running, not lifting heavy objects. Okay, you're still bigger than everyone else. Yes, that's true. You have long arms, you have good leverage. I was like, fine, fine. I did physical labor, grumble, grumble. All right, so what are you going to do, Evie? (laughs) Um... Am I allowed to use uh, professional no, stuff you again? Used it last turn. Yeah. No, I think so you have to figure okay, out how to do something else. Well, unfortunately, this tower is just too structurally sound for me to blow it up. So I guess I will just have to make a strength check. I'm guessing to paddle this boat right. as hard as I can. All right, do it. Very nice. Go ahead and re-roll that eight. All right. Hey, you got you got Aww. three successes because an eight counts as two successes. So you are paddling very well. Good job. You just you just go to town. 
Yep. My tiny Norn muscles hey, will take what? us far. Canoeing is not about how strong you are, but how well you actually paddle, and you are doing it quite effectively. Although you are using your raw strength, so you clearly just don't have any idea how to paddle. But hey, you guys aren't spinning. You guys have synced up. You've got a rhythm going. You can see the crate beginning to hop behind you. And uh, Raven, it is now Iceland's turn. Is he still in the water, or did he clamber onto the boat with everyone else? Uh, he got up behind the boat, so he's kind of watching okay. their flank. So, what would uh, Iceland like to do? I can't use my survival again because I so use blaster. So, you can't use survival, and you can't use a straight attribute. You can use uh, a profession skill, you can use a social skill, you know, whichever ones you've got. You could use uh, your item somehow. How would you like to try and avoid? So, you there's a few things you can do. You can. We're sitting pretty well, right? I mean, we look. It looks like everything's yeah, going real good yeah. for us. So things are going pretty good so far, but the crate are beginning to catch up. They're very good swimmers. Okay, then, then what I'm going to do, since I don't feel I need to do anything drastic, I've just positioned myself behind the boat as uh, in a protective water stance. I don't know if that exists. And I'm going to survey the crate that are closest to us um, to see if I can discern anything. Okay. So I will use my perception uh, to do you that. You can't use a straight attribute because Evie just used a straight attribute. So you're going to have to come up with something. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. You are an ice elementalist, just as a heads up. I'm. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to try. I'm going to try something okay. else. Um, I'm going to reach out to uh, Hubert and ask if I can uh, touch the uh, touch the scale for a moment. Okay. Hubert uh, leans down and lets him touch it. Okay, I'm touching the scale with one hand, and I have my hammer in the other while, you know, keeping myself a tread with my legs. And so I need to, uh, I guess I need to use clairvoyance? No, not clairvoyance. What do I need to use to see, to feel what that scale is doing magically? Um, that'd be clairvoyance would be, I mean, okay. yeah, I'd, I'd clairvoyance it. But I can't use clairvoyance because Evie just no. used it, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but are you using your hammer somehow for this? I'm using okay. I'm okay. using my hammer. Yep, generally through so, my okay. hammer. So you're focusing on your hammer because your hammer is a frost hammer. You actually have that sort of connection with various cold things and things that have an inherent chill about them. And this has definitely got an inherent chill. The uh, water that was covering it is now a rime, just a frosty sort of slushy coming off of it. So it's definitely magically cold. And the 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 yeah. scale is. Okay, so I'm going to use the scale on my hammer simultaneously as more of a focus and try to shoot um, uh, ice at the uh, at the crate oh, that are following like us. That. All right, so that's going to be um, I would let you use either um, aura or manipulation actually for that. Um, I'll just use aura plus my one rank and my yep. hammer, right? So I get a All three. Right, there you go. So I'll do three d six. Reroll that six. Even though you already succeeded. Boom, exploding dice. Nice. All right, good. So, you have successfully, you start sending ice and stuff, and the crate are not huge fans of ice because they like water, which is nice and soft. Ice is hard and sucks. Um, and, they are, and they're also reptiles. So, they are, not having, they are not enjoying the ice spray that you are just pouring onto them right now. And uh, you're feeling a pretty weird sort of... Uh, sort of energy as you're using this scale to channel ice. I'd like you to make a willpower roll really quick. Just roll your willpower straight. He muted him. Oh, are you? Okay. 2d4. Alright, roll it. Reroll that four. Okay. This is not part of the skill challenge. This is just a side effect of uh, channeling magic from the scale. You get a weird sense that this scale, there's something in there and it it's it's rather pleased that you're channeling it. Uh, you are not so pleased that you're doing this at this point. It feels really weird, and it sort of... There's a crackle, and there's an icy spike inside of your head, and you take four degenerate... Or four strain. So you're going to be at negative four strain at this point. That basically means that when you hit ten strain, you will take one madness. Because whatever it is, okay. is not something that you were expecting, and that brain is weird and cold, and it's not pleasant. seems that there is a reason why the crate were holding on to this scale. I'm really glad that you did that. So as you guys see this, there's sort of a weird, hazy, frosty corona around, uh, around uh, Iceland's head. 
all of a sudden, and he sort of shakes his head. All right. Uh, Hoover, go for it. Okay, Hoover is going to... There's crate behind us, right? Are there crate any other direction to our right? Uh, no, there's not, actually. They're they're pretty much all coming up. Uh, the ones that were to the right, because of Iceland's delaying action and the knowledge that they were coming from the right, they have all just sort of formed into a group and they're spreading out. Okay. Uh, Hoover is going to turn the to face the ship in front of us. And as he does that, he's going to turn his head 180 degrees to look directly behind them and intimidate the shit out of the crate with uh, Mesmer magic. <laughs> Uh, so he's going to make a couple clones of himself doing that, too. So I'm going to roll a Mesmer manipulation? Yeah. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah. Um, actually, I would roll Mesmer, um, and I would do uh, either Charisma or Appearance. Because you're actually okay. you're trying to mess with their heads. Um, so it's a little bit more... I mean, you, you're, car- you're capable of producing clones, so just go for it. Uh, so I have one rank in Mesmer. Does that give me an advantage on appearance? It gives or is you it just one degree of advantage okay. on the roll. I was just checking. That's that's pretty awesome. Reroll that four. Doing it. Oh, you do that, but the crate have seen a lot of scary things, and uh, apparently they're worshiping a creepy scale monster thing that is messing with your buddy, and so they're not actually all that all that uh, frightened by you. We were just very disappointed. All right, Nima. <laughs> What would you like to do? Uh, how far away are we from the ship now? Uh, you are actually about uh, two-thirds of the way now. And as you can see, there are crate all over the ship right now as well. They are pretty much waiting for you guys so that they can get out of there and kick the last of the crate off and, you know, get the crater. There's actually a group of them that have sort of assaulted the ship. And But that's our ship, like, that we're returning yes, that to. Is your but ship. But it's just it is, under attack at yes, this point? Yes, it is point. under attack. So while you guys were going down okay. and getting the, uh, the scale, the crate... I started attacking the ship. Uh, okay, so Nima, buoyed by the calming influence of the very attractive Alum, uh, seems to perk mm. up. He turns and looks at everyone else on the boat and uh, starts shouting extremely loud, There's no way I'm getting in the water! You've got to pedal faster! We've got to out-swim! Out-swim? No, I'm not swimming! We've got to get away from these crates! And I'm going to use my... Uh, loud drunk with charisma to try and get everyone to like go much faster all right nice all right we have two doubles and two critical yeah. successes so in this case and that's why fours are amazing is they crit all the time if they if you get enough of them i mean in all honesty you're almost guaranteed to crit well not almost if you have like five or six d4s i'm just gonna let you succeed in that one so good job all right how many successes are there? So there? that's just, uh, there it's, uh, three. Okay. So. Are those two fours still counted as exploding dice, yes. right? So I yep, did that you correctly. Did that correctly. Awesome. Cool. So there are three total successes. So as you, uh, start getting everyone working together and you, your, your, your emotions about the scenario that you're currently in, which you have done an amazing job of sort of playing down ish, uh, you're able to sort of start giving people orders and getting ideas and, and telling people sort of how to do things and everyone's sort of gelling and coming together in a really effective way, paddling you and uh, Evie are just perfectly in time and you, every push just gets you guys further. The crate are still closing, but they're kind of surprised at how fast you guys are going. They were not expecting a, a hunk of debris that fell off of their uh, deep combined with... Uh, two wooden boards to be so effective. Interestingly enough, you discover that the debris that you're on actually was probably the front of a ship at some point, because it's got a little bit of a prow, and you guys are starting to get up on step. We've got a bit of a bow weight going. Yeah, yeah. like if there were dolphins, awesome. they would probably be hopping along beside you, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the crate, <laughs> the horrible visage of crate jumping through the bow weight, trying to catch yep. up. I'm really disappointed there aren't dolphins now. Well, you know, there there might be undead dolphins. We'll see. I might. No, what? <laughs> wow. Way to take something beautiful and make it awful. All right, Alem. So you cannot use social, and that's it, because everything else is available to you. Because a social was just used, right. and you just used the social. Uh, I and you can't. Can you use your background, other backgrounds again, or once you've used it? You can't again. You can, only, or is, you can use it as many times as you want during it, as long as you didn't use it in the previous turn. 
So you can use, uh, so you used your social one last time, so you can't use that one again, but you can use your other one. I want to, it's, it's knowledge, but it's not necessarily linguistic knowledge. How does that work? Uh, what are you trying to do? Uh, figure out the best way to get back on the ship once we get to it. Are you a mesmer? Yes. Mesmers have portals. Portals are kind of awesome. But wouldn't one of us have to be on the ship first for that to happen? That's why I... No, we get to use them the way yeah, that what's-her-name does. This is not Guild Wars and, 2, where you are locked in. And I don't have to have portal on my skills? No, you do not. That's the beauty of okay. having profession backgrounds, is you can say, well, I'm going to do this, and it's something that I see. And that's why you're also able to Kazmir it, because it's not... While you are trying to do this quickly, you're not necessarily trying to do it the most... Uh, right, it's not like in an combat. combat moment to moment. You have a little bit more time on each of these turns to sort of like... It might take you a little bit longer to cast Portal if you're not like trained in combat Portal, but uh, you can definitely do it within, a, within, this, within this skill challenge. And there's a, is there a range component? Like, you're de- I guess. You won't be able to get on the ship with the portal. You're still too far away to get on the ship with the portal, but you can definitely teleport the ship, the, your little boat, a lot closer to the ship. Well, let's do that. All right. So uh, go ahead. And that would be a manipulation. All right. And I don't really have anything background-y that would go with you, it. Other than, other than Mesmer. And- but I didn't put it down. So the professions count as backgrounds. Oh, okay. So you have ah, rank cool. one in your Mesmer profession background, which means that okay. you you have one degree of advantage on all Mesmer-style checks. All right. So I would then have three D6. All right. Really, really crappy three D6. So you are trying to get it up, but for some reason the water <laughs> is just... Oh, man. Accidental in your window. So you are trying to make the magic work, and it just isn't happening. It happens to a <laughs> lot of guys. <laughs> he may look good. You stand hey, up on gosh, the brow. He faces you the same sh- problem as everyone do else. Not, no finish. You stand no finish. up on the prow no, of the boat. Be. There's just wind <laughs> flowing through your hair. You start channeling the magic. And it just sort of sparks on your fingers, and butterflies beautifully go flying out. They're not intimidating, so no effect on the crate. In fact, the crate are like, ha, we've got this now, and they start closing even faster on you guys. Well, bugger. All right. Um, Eric, just quickly in between, you mentioned the profession as a background. Um, Is that in addition to the two backgrounds that I have for, like, character background, or is that instead of they are in addition to for the guild wars one they're actually considered separate in the sundra rpg it would you would just get the backgrounds um but and you get both the primary and secondary profession as a background they both count as profession background so for example since she just used a profession uh evie can't use a profession he can't use his assassin or engineer this turn but for example, Braven could. Cool. I just, I yep. missed that if we went through that earlier. I mentioned it, but until you actually start getting into the play and stuff, or if you read the rule book like four or five times, you won't necessarily get that right away. So, No, that's cool. Uh, just, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I can think of other things that I can do. Speaking of Eevee, what would Eevee like to do? Eevee? Eevee, Eevee? Eeveeness? <coughs> Eevee does not like the fact that there are lizard snake men things swimming towards him and he wants to get rid of some of them so he is going to hand off this wooden paddle thing to someone else he honestly is not paying attention he just kind of throws it to the nearest person and he's going to grab his father's rifle and start shooting that will be uh perception because it's going to basically yeah perception and uh the rifle then which is, uh, I believe it's one advantage with the rifle. Um, it's two. You have a rank two in that, don't you? It's only one advantage because it's one for the yeah. first one. And then so the so, you, the so it's one. actually only rank. So. It's rank one with a talent. Then you get rank two with a talent. And then you get rank two with two talents. And then you get rank mm-hmm. three with two talents. All right. Let's see how many chart. ones I get. That's why you have rule books. Oh, my. Okay. That's not bad. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. All right. So. 
you succeeded. You start shooting into the crate, and uh, you're definitely picking off the ones that start getting closest to you. They start sort of uh, slowing down, being more defensive, more evasive. They're uh, unsurprisingly now doing a serpentine, which is appropriate because they're great and they're <laughs> like serpents. You hear one of them shout, serpentine, serpentine. And another one's like, that's all we ever do. He's like, more serpentine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they slow down a bit. So you, uh, you're a lot closer to the ship now and uh, they're, they're not closing as quickly. All right. Rabin, what would you like to do? More specifically. Um, is it true to assume that I've been keeping with the uh, ship? Yeah, so Iceland. The, the I boat thing? Iceland. I need to use your character name. So Iceland. Yes. Uh, yeah, you, so you're yeah you're keeping up. I'm assuming, are you swimming along with them, or are you actually like riding on the back? Yes, okay. swimming along cool. behind yep. them. Yep, so you're good. I might be touching the back and okay. pushing them if I can. That seems reasonable. You're a Kodan. They do that. Um, Since... I noticed that Evie's shot a couple, and the doom doesn't seem immediately impending. I decide to take my uh, knowledge of the occult religion and base it to the the crate religious system and see if I can find or remember a significance of this thing that just got inside my head. Go for it. I will, and that will be... um, hmm. I go with either creativity or intellect. You're trying to drum up some memory of knowledge about crate. Okay, they're the same, so I'll just go with creativity. And then I get another die because of my talent. So I have three D4. Okay. Roll them bones. Okay. Oh, re-roll that four. Oh. oh, but we've got double ones. Oh, you rolled double yeah. ones. Oh. oh, no, that's an odd. But he's also thing. now exploded his four into Unfortunately, a four. the double ones, you have to have a double oh, okay. in order to negate double ones. And it has to be a double within that first roll. So you have to have a crit Aww. to negate a double to crit to negate a failure. So um, you just you can't come up with anything, or even really how you'd apply it to that situation. Um, this is weird. This is not. You don't. What you felt is not like anything you've ever felt before. It's utterly alien, um, and it is. It's disturbing. It's still making you a bit nervous, so you can't really focus on, like, crate religion and how you can turn this towards uh, slowing them down or getting you guys to the ship better. So, it's an interesting idea. There's some cool things that could have happened had you succeeded, but you have one failure, and the crate now are taking the... You're, uh, you're actually slowing down a bit, so you're actually drifting behind them now as you're, like, trying to focus on things. So you're, so you're sl- swimming slowed down. You're getting separated from the group. The crate are closing in on you. So uh, that's a bit rough. And uh, Hubert, what would you like to do? Okay, Hubert is is still uh, facing the ship. He's going to hunch over a little bit, and then he's going to use his circus performer to make sort of a sleight of hand and say, I don't want your stupid scale. Take it, crate. And he's going to throw his shirt uh, with something heavy in it so it plops in the water off to the left of them to distract the crate and make them think that they've dropped the scale and are just fleeing. All right, I'll let you use uh, charisma for that one. Okay. Using your words. Uh, okay. uh, or your coordination for the sleight of hand. I'm going to go with charisma for that. Oh. Yeah. All right. So you chuck it, and the crate just bombed down on the thing. They have actually stopped at this point, um, and you guys are getting really close to the ship, to the point where the crate that were on the ship have noticed you now, and they're starting to jump down into the water to get at you guys. But the crate that you threw the scale, uh, or the, the fake scale, they believe it. And uh, that entire line has actually stopped. And uh, now all you've got is the between you and the ship is the crate that uh, are hopping off the ship. Now that you've also thrown the scale, you actually see some of them swim past you to go to the scale. All right. Which means uh, Nima. Um, so Iceland's fallen a reasonable way behind yeah. now. Okay. Um... I'm basically 250 feet. Um, where you guys were last time we met checking, you guys are closer, I would imagine. Yep. 250 feet from the ship, but we're now yeah, closer. You guys are actually really close to the ship. I'd say you're probably within uh, 30 feet or so of the ship, and uh, and Iceland is, is probably about yeah, he's about 20 feet behind you guys, so he's about 50 feet away. So you guys okay. are actually all pretty close to the ship. Okay. Uh, Nima shouts out at everyone around him, Rope! Rope! Anyone got rope? And what are you going to use for that? Oh, I just want to ask, first of all, if anyone has any rope. Okay. Um, how can you... 
And that will then determine what I do okay. next. Um, the people on the boat are still busy with some crate, so no one responds right away. Um, you're going to have to probably okay. use a skill to get their attention. Ah, never mind then. Um, I want to... Okay, so this, I'm going to throw this uh, by you. Uh, I want to try and help out Islam and get him back onto the raft because he's a decent way behind. Now, I happen to have a returning spear as a paragon. Could I chuck the spear at him, have him catch it, and then hold on to it as it zips back no, to me? No, because it will just disappear from his hand and... Yeah. It poofs? Okay, so it doesn't, like, fly back through the air, it just disappears and reappears no, in my hand? Yeah, because it's basically, it's a conceit to explain why you can just throw spears all the time in combat, like they do in Guild Wars 1. Yeah, no, I understand oh. that. I just I wanted to yep. uh, understand the mechanic yep. of that. So it's not that the spear flies back through the air to me, it's that it just disappears and reappears right. in my hand. Okay, so scrap that. You do. Um, now, this is one thing that you could consider. Paragons do give have abilities that allow them to yell at people, and those people move faster. Yeah, well, I kind of did that uh, but last time. But you used your social paddle. last time. Yeah. I oh, so I could do the same with, the with uh, So you can actually paragon. sort of double double tap in that case. Do similar things, but you're mm. sort of now you're adding the magic of the paragon into it would be what you'd be doing. Yeah. Um so it's a it's a little bit different. Who ended up with the other paddle? That's a really good question. Who grabbed the paddle? <laughs> did anyone grab the paddle? I didn't. <laughs> so did Alan grab the paddle? <laughs> It's not Alum's turn yet. Well, but no, but when Evie, I mean, uh, Alum could still grab the paddle when Al, when Evie, yeah, Evie tossed it to somebody. So the, the paddle is that, just or in it a, could have just fallen down. Yeah, it could have of... just fallen down. It could also be a quantum paddle. It is both in yeah. Evie's hand and yeah. Down. I was going to say <laughs> the it's quantum Schrodinger's paddle, paddle. Until, you see until someone decides coming up, they have the grabbed it. It's Colin Johansson. No, that's... Uh, oh, man. Okay, so 30 feet is still a reasonable way away from the boat. If you succeed at this, you guys will have it, succeeded at the It's very possible check. that Evie just gave um, Melum... Alum. Wait, is that your name? No. Alum. Elum, the, the paddle. Right, so Alum's paddling. Um, yeah, but uh, we're going to... Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to be going in a bit of an arc. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, failing all else, I will, I, yeah, I guess I'll just do the same as previously. I will use my Paragon uh, profession and charisma okay. and try and uh, act like the Cox in a rowing team and get everyone to so row faster, can... even though I would be an extremely oversized So here's Cox. an interesting thing about Paragon. Because Paragon is a semi-magical skill-based thing with your shouting, because you're using your mm -hmm. Paragon skill, you could use your Charisma, but I will also allow you to use either your Aura or your Manipulation. Cool. I will use Aura then. And this is me helping you guys out because it's a new system. Everyone sort of, I mean, there's going to be a lot of tutorial elements to this first run. All right. All right, so you got a five. Oh, no. Roll those no. threes again. Oh, no, it's uh, a d6. You don't really no, roll those yeah? threes. No. Oh, okay. So, it's not doubles, it's maxing out the die. So if you roll a six, you re-roll it. So, oh. okay, so that was only one success, which is you need two successes. So, as you're shouting, you know what? One, oh, also, note the fact that uh, your secret is back in effect. Uh, so, you... Oh, so should I have taken one yeah, off Yeah, but we'll, since you still failed, it's a non-issue. Right. Um, yeah, cool. So you, because of the scenario that you're in and everything, the situation, you sort of start stuttering a little bit as you're like shouting and the magic doesn't really get in there. You need a very consistent sort of uh, well-established chant to really get the Paragon magic flowing and get everyone together and just sort of sinking into that magical pattern. And you just can't, it can't really speak in the patterns and the rhythmic nature that you're used to as a doing your paragon chants and it just does it sort of falls apart midway through so it swells for a second and uh the crates start to uh some of the one of the crate holds up a uh holds up a the paddle that was missing that uh hubert took it stuck into the uh shirt i've decided now <laughs> so you guys now only have one <laughs> paddle uh and it's like this isn't the scale Lies! <laughs> and uh, they start chasing you again. Uh, Nima, uh, n not very loudly, 
Uh, he yells out, fall back. <laughs> Very nice. Alum, you cannot use a profession, but you can use everything else. Hmm. I'm wondering about yelling in their language something. I'd accept that. What would you like to yell at them? Look over there! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, would you like to use a charisma or appearance for that one? Because I figure you're just going to turn uh, around, give them a bright, a bright smile that like a little flash of light comes off your or- teeth. And- <laughs> or that I'm like, oh my god, like some there's something behind them that is terrifying. I like that. Oh my god, what is that? Um charisma? Uh yeah, yeah, definitely charisma cuz you're using your words to mess with them. So that would be charisma plus linguistics, yeah. which is five dice. All right. Holy smokes, you are and this is why it's good to have their uh social situation skills. Well, except it, that Those sucked. Wow. Oh, no! You say, look over there, and one of them says, Ha! You tried to do that with the scale! We're on to you now! And one of them... I think they're German. They are German. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, did, did the scale do an exchange in he German? He did, actually. He's got, like, a little, like, he's wearing lederhosen, which is really weird. He's only got one, like... <laughs> One liter hosen. One liter hosen. <laughs> the other one's just flat on the yeah, side. It is actually a full set of liter hosen, but one side is just not occupied because he's a snake. And, and their shoulder straps are just oh in the wind yep. as well. I can't. I don't even have physical dice I can get mad at. Oh. Ban. <laughs> I know. All right. Evie, what would you like to do? You cannot use an item um, or a social skill. Item a or a social? Okay, so I see that we only have one paddle, and there's this big, strong Norn using that paddle, so I'm just like, you know, I could make this big, strong Norn just a little bit better. So with my engineer background, I'm going to give him nice. a buff elixir. All right, roll it. See if you have what you need on your person. Um, how exactly okay, so would I case, roll that? Okay, so in this case, I would say either creativity... Yeah, I'd say creativity, probably. Yep. Yeah, okay. The dice hate us. Oh, that was mine. Oh, no. Oh, man. Really? The crate, uh, you just start going through your pockets to see what you've got, and you did not bring your uh, Elixir B mixture. Like, the powder is not there. You're kind of like, you've got, like, some powders in there, but it's just not the buff Elixir that you wanted for them, and it just it, you just can't put it together. And the crate now, who, uh... In my frustration, I just want to dump oh, no. all of the powder out and okay, hope that so it, it does something to the crate. And, like, one of them bites so frustrated. it and then just shrinks down to a tiny little size <laughs> and then immediately pops back out because of how how it was. And he looks sort of confused, but Lederhosen Crate pats him on the back <laughs> and is like, We have this comrade! Because now he's, he's, he's German-Russian. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and they're getting really close. Uh, Islam, you cannot use a profession or knowledge. Okay, I'm going to uh, redouble my efforts and use my athletics to swim towards the uh, boat, catch up, and hopefully push them uh, free of any crate that are right, attached, grabbed on. Uh, definitely strength. So that is 48 with when I add my survival. Uh, yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Survival counts as one, is what I'm asking. Oh, wow. Yep. All right. So you redouble your efforts, and you're just pounding at the water. You're going so hard that you guys actually, you actually catch up to the, to the plank and slam into it, and all of you make it there, and you see that they've actually dangled ropes down from the side already in anticipation for you. Um, several crates are up above, but one of them goes flying back, and one of them was actually trying to climb up the ropes down the side, and you actually hit the board so hard that it hits the crate, and he just pops in two. Um. See, I saw that it was like the bow of a ship, and I knew if I hit it just right, I could make and it go so through the water and that not happening, damage it. The last, a few crates get chucked over the sides, you guys climb up the ropes really quick on the ship, ah. and uh, I know you were excited to do uh, to do one last thing, so... 
you guys succeed, and uh, Spirit, what were you planning on doing? I wanted to make a portal and take our whole ship through it and drop the ship with everyone on it on top of the crate that we're still fighting on the ship. <laughs> Roll it. Let's see it for flavor. <laughs> That's going to be manipulation or aura. I'll let you do either. Okay. All right, so... The ship just... So, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a success. So, so Iceland just slams into the ship and it bisects that uh, that crate that just pops in two places, much like a, uh, you know, like popping a head off of a bug and it, and it goes flying in one oh direction because he's huge and he just smashed it. And just as he does that, uh, Hubert goes, what's up? Or whatever he does for his catchphrase while casting magic. <laughs> Um, actually, how do, what is his catchphrase, and is it bird-based? Oh god, I wasn't prepared. Shit. The claw? Who knows? That is one of Kate's catchphrases. I'm gonna talk about it. I'll think of one for next time. Right. I don't have one on so, me. it happens, the portal opens up, and everyone all of a sudden is hovering about five feet above the actual deck of the ship, slams down on top of the crate sea witch that was causing some problems, and just turns her into goo. Um, if uh, you guys were playing, if you guys are running the Molten Boss, and he says, hey, let's see what colors of goo there is. This is a variety, because Crate uh, have some interesting blood, and uh, there's a lot of black to it, which is disturbing. And as you do that, the captain of the boat says, they're aboard! Let's go! And so they start rowing and sailing and stuff, because there's oars down there, and uh, you sail off towards Lion's Arch, and uh, the crate give chase for a while, but they're just not able to keep up. Uh, there's a good wind in your sails, and you guys sail off towards Lion's Arch and uh, have successfully absconded with said item from the crate at the cost of a pseudo ore and Hubert's shirt. <laughs> Hubert's shirt. Oh, no. Why does Hubert need to wear a shirt? I don't know. <laughs> All right, and that... You've got to contain the muscles. So that he can take it off. You know, just for the theatrical effect. I have one more request before we wrap right. up. Hubert would like to keep at least a few boards from the plank, name them the quantum tank table, and hang them up in the gutball. Right. Or make a table out of them. Uh, add it to your equipment table. for now. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought of something that would have been awesome on my last turn that I should have thought about rather than the other or the nice. time before. All right. we'll, we'll wrap it up and then we can do a post-mortem with with all of ourselves. So, thank you guys for watching. This has been okay. an episode of Rogue Players. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will be continuing this adventure hopefully in, uh, hopefully next week. Hopefully I'll get all this recorded and get it posted up uh, and do it in a weekly basis for a few weeks. So, thank you guys for listening and have an awesome night. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com, email us at relicsofwar at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>